This episode brought to you by Audible. Audible. Oh my God, I'm terrified of Mikey. <laughs> Audible, for 30 days free and a book to get you started, go to audibletrial.com slash horrorvirgin. And for your book recommendation, Jen. Jeez. All right. Hey, guys, today I am recommending One Pet Cemetery. It's awesome. It's oh, red. what? I know. Can you believe I'm it? I'm so shocked. <laughs> if you like Pet Cemetery, I want you to also check out Revival by Stephen King. It's not a sequel to Pet Cemetery, but it's got a lot of very similar things. About Jonestown, right? It's almost like he ripped his own no. book off and then wrote another book about it. Uh, have you read Revival? No. So, no, it's not at all like that. <laughs> this episode also brought to you by Nick, Nick B. B. Nick hey, Nick B. B. Wait, I he know. lives in England. I got a real fact about Nick B. What? That's uh, right. How did you get a real fact out of him? I stalk all of his social media now. That Mikey, means more Detective Mikey than on the trap. I was like, give it to me, Nick. Give me all your facts. <laughs> detective Mikey's kind of like a discount Detective Mikey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, fair. Yeah. I mean, he'll find you, but he might call you the wrong name. So Nick B wants you to check out God Country. It, they met their crowdfunding goal, which is awesome, but they're still making the movie yeah. and they still need your support. So go follow them on social media. It's God Country Film. Yeah, help spread the word. At God Country Film. Yep. And GodCountryFilm.com is their website. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. This episode also brought to you by Carl. Carl. Hey, Carl. Carl doesn't have anything specifically he wants to plug, but I think you should check out his Twitch stream at twitch.tv slash Carlos M-O-L. Yeah, he's awesome. Thank you guys for supporting us on Patreon. If you want your very own weekly Patreon shout out, go to patreon.com slash horrorvirgin and, uh, you know, sign up there or, you know, whatever. We got a lot of great levels. You yeah. Don't to, you don't have to be a burned down guy. That's right. You can come on. At a lower thing. Yeah, light it up. Yeah, just whatever. Yeah, maybe you're a murder foot kind of girl. Yeah. You know? So we wanted to start reading five-star reviews that you guys leave for us. Yes, thank so you so much So we shout out those of you who those. are supporting the podcast. We really appreciate it. So we're going to have Mikey read uh, uh, one of our most recent five-star reviews. We actually got a few this week. It was very yeah, nice. Yeah, it was Good awesome. week for us. Yeah. Thank you. We always appreciate it. And I like reading. You like learning to read. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. This week's review <laughs> is a contradiction. 10 out of 10, he says. I know. And gave us five stars. I saw that. <laughs> 10 out of 10, five stars. Pillow Man Dude says, my brother made me listen to this and now I can't stop. Thanks. Thank we you, appreciate Pillow that. Man. that. Thank was you, awesome. Pillow Man. Pillow Man Dude. But Pillow Man Dude's brother, Pillow he's the dude. real hero. Yeah. So if you want us to read your five-star review. Go make one. Yeah, go like leave Pillow us a Man review. Dude. Yeah, yeah. Be like leave Pillow Man review. Dude and or Pillow Man's Dude brother. Yeah. And mm. if you've already left us a review, make your sibling leave us one too. And yes. Use small words. <laughs> in case we make Mikey read it. <laughs> bring in that music that begins the thingy. You're like purred happily from Parks and Rec. <laughs> Would you please bring in the music that is the theme? <laughs> A pity opening. Mikey, it's been long. And I've got I've, a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you take a pity opening. <laughs> Welcome to Horror Virgin, everybody. We finally got there. <laughs> That's what Mikey's going to say. It took a lot of pity, but <laughs> we finally made it oh happen. Oh, my God. Yeah. Hey, I'm Jen. Dear Diary. <laughs> Today was a great day. Oh, I'm Mikey. And I'm your Horror Virgin, Todd. <laughs> We watched the Pet Cemetery remake. Yes, it was the remake. It, it was, was not the original. No. I have not seen the original. You've never have seen you the not? original? So you didn't know what the story was going to be at all? No, I was excited about okay. it. Okay. Yeah. Let's just do first thoughts real quick. Okay. So like, you've seen the original, Jen. Yes. I've seen the original, but it's been since I was like nine. And so I honestly, the book. Yes. Jen has read the book. Yes. Probably more than once. Oh, I've read this book probably at least 10 times. No! Like, 
gotta learn. I've read this book more than any other book that I've read. What? Yeah, it's more than it. Yeah, that surprises me. Oh yeah, because you like connect to it more than well, maybe not. But she goes over this in the blog. I don't have a blog about this one yet. I have a. That's true. This is the movie that made you scared of scary movies, right? Well, it was this in the Omen. So I've seen the original, and it was it was one of the two movies that I watched. I think I was eight or nine. I can't remember how old I was, but I remember the house I was in. I remember like I remember what the TV looked like, and I like I remember it very vividly. And it was this in the Omen, and this is the reason I hate scary movies. But I honestly don't remember much of it because it was like when I was nine, and I'm like 98 right now. So like it's been a long time. Yeah, I think I saw the movie before I read the book, um, and I remember being like terrified of the. Well, the movie was already out when even when we were kids. Exactly. Yeah, and it was before I was reading books like these. Um, But I saw it and it scared the shit out of me. And then I read the book and I love the book. This is in my top five favorite of all time books. But since I have had kids, I have not been able to read this book again. And when I was doing my chronological reread, I started it and I knew what was going to happen. And I was like, "Mm, we'll see. And I got to the page where a certain thing happens and I just could not go any I mean, we can, we can say what it is. We're going to spoil the movie. Yeah, we're going to spoil the movie. Let's just say right now, we're going to spoil the movie and we're going to spoil the book too. And they're different, but we're going to spoil them both. All right. So, Mikey, what are your first thoughts on it? Um, I like the movie up until the end, and then I felt like it really went off the rails. <laughs> I, I do feel like it went super off the rails at the end. I yeah. have a lot of questions for Jen because Stephen King is known for bad endings, but this ending yes. was so bad, I think it was worse than an ending that he could have come up with. Well, and I do think, and we'll get into this, I'm sure, but I don't remember the original movie Pet Cemetery ending, but I don't. I certainly don't remember it being this. And I think the book is different, too, right? So I'm yeah. sure we'll talk about it as we yeah. go through it. So, yeah. Because I'm I, also going to call out that Stephen King is not known for bad endings. Stephen King occasionally has endings that people disagree with. Mr. I've only read seven of his books. <laughs> you sound so prestigiously nerdy. Because <laughs> of reading? Todd, uh, he is not known for bad endings. Well, actually, <laughs> only a certain subset of book readers do not like Stephen King's endings. <laughs> You've only read 17 books! I probably have only read 17 books total, <laughs> and that includes like Susie and type shit. So yeah, I just don't read books. So let's just get into this fucking movie. Okay, but first let me say I am going to talk a little bit about the how the book and the movie are different. Yeah, like, like we do with It. Like with It, yeah, but I'm really only going to make an effort to only talk about the differences when it's essential to us talking about the movie. But just like with It, if you want to really listen to an awesome deep dive into this book, check out the Stephen King cast. He's got a fantastic episode on the book and the original movie. And you should also check out the Losers Club podcast because they have an awesome episode episode about the book and the movie too. It opens up on where Todd's never going to go again. Oh yeah, for real. So we're over like uh, just tons of woods and lots of trees and then we see a house on fire and then we see. Do we? Yeah. Shit, I don't It looks that. like like a box because you, okay, I think your terror caused you to check your phone quite a few times in this movie. Oh yeah. And yeah. I was during some very scary moments and I'll tell you about them when we get there. I was looking into the corner of the theater, not the corner mm-hmm. of the screen, the corner of the theater with my hat pulled way down low. Because you were scared or because you thought you saw something? Well, no. <laughs> the corners where the ghosts hide, Todd. I, I know. Yeah. You, that's I know. why you got to check out the corners. I know. You got to look at them. So then we see um, the car and it's outside of a house and it's got blood on the windows. Fuck. Okay. This is the beginning? Yeah. This is the this credits. Is the very beginning. And now we know because of what happened at the end, the car door is open and there's blood on it. So we know what happened at the end. And I was really going to try to pretend that that thing at the end that we all know is going to happen didn't happen. Oh, when they murdered the two-year-old? Yeah, yeah, yeah but yeah, because absolutely. we see this now, I'm still going to pretend that something else uh, happened because that makes me really sad. No, I mean, they definitely killed that kid at the end. I know, but I can pretend that it didn't happen because it didn't happen in the movies. Obviously, I don't want kids to be murdered in any situation, but I realized it was a movie and I didn't like the ending. You didn't want the you didn't want Ellie to die when she came back? Oh, 
evil kids are different. Yeah. Demonically possessed. <laughs> right. Are different. I mean, yeah. like kids like in the real world. Yeah. I yeah. got you. No, I'm telling you, though, it's different. So that was a flash forward then at the beginning. That was a flash forward. Shit, yeah. I missed all that. And so, yeah, so we see a bloody scene and it's and then we cut to we fade to white and we see them driving down the road to their new house and they're all in the car and they're all happy. They pull up to their new house. And it's like they, they're moving from Boston to the woods. Right. Why yeah. would you do that? It's a very like oh cabiny house and they're talking about how like they now have this giant woods 50 backyard. acres of woods. Yeah. Well, first off, that's a lot of land. They must be rich. They are. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's a doctor and he's moving to like his job is the, the head doctor at this university medical center. University clinic or whatever. Right, right, right. Yeah. Not he, like yeah, Vanderbilt like, University Medical Center. He kept calling center. it the clinic, which I mean, it was on a campus. No, like, like, it was a university It's like the clinic center. to serve the students of the I had sure. one of these in my college. It was just a walk-in like mini. Yeah, you would go get penicillin shots all the time. I get it. Like that makes sense. <laughs> uh, brother, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's more like, how do you uh, deal with uh, mild depression because people won't talk to you? <laughs> yeah, I've been there. I broke my leg. <laughs> uh, a snake punched me with his face. <laughs> Did he bite you? No. So anyway, they they do arrive at their um, Ooh, they new, get to house. Their new house. Yeah, it's got a tin roof. I like that. It does. You can hear the rain on it. It's like a barn house. Yeah. So they're moving in, and then we see a big truck that scared the fuck out of Todd. Yeah, what, it's like the same truck from the goddamn now. trailer, man. <laughs> and it scared me again. Well, I saw that in the trailer, and I I think I immediately started crying because I thought what happened in the book was going to happen in the movie and it wrecked me. Well, what happens in the book? Well, we'll get there. Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> but this is a cheap jump scare. And there's like, there's a, a, there's a few of these. It's cheap, but it's also very ominous. We see what? Eight trucks in this yeah. movie at different times. It's a truck and movie. they're all speeding. Well, and that's one of the things they talk about in the book a lot is that they're moving onto this busy road and it's just not safe because the trucks go down it. Really you know fast. how in the country roads are real busy. Well, no, it's busy. It's like a it's a trucking. No, it's way. a two lane road. That's a 45 mile per hour speed limit. At most. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but if nobody's ever on there and you're a trucker and you got to make it to your place. That's illegal. You know? I'm pretty sure they have governors on their trucks. Usually they have like governors. It's all, yeah. Yeah. Like, it'll stop you from going too fast. Yeah, oh, they, and they have that number on the back. You can call if they're speeding. Do you think they called that number? number after their child was killed? No, it was covered in her blood. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're all going to hell. Not me, We're though, because I did not laugh. Hell. Did you hear the record? I'm going to come laugh. back with a best and be like, I was there for joking. <laughs> I've come to take you back. <laughs> To comedy. Hell. Yeah, she did. All right, sorry, can we move on? <laughs> yeah. All right, so he's they're talking, um, and they've moved to Boston. He said he They was, moved from Boston. They moved from Boston. He was, like, working the night shift in the ER. It looks like they're happy about it. I don't know. I um, mean, he, I'm sure he's happy about it, but, I mean, he's sort of young-ish. He probably finished his residency not too long ago. Yeah. And had a shitty shift at, like, a big hospital there and yeah. wanted to have a day shift, so he took this job in the country. In to, the book, he's 36. He's probably been working for six years. Yeah, but he probably doesn't have, like, the best shift at Boston General University. Oh. All I learned from this is that if you move to the woods... You're fucked. Yeah, this you is are, why I live in a city. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Never, ever, ever will I live in the woods. So then Ellie and... Um, and Ellie's the daughter. Ellie's the daughter, and Rachel is the mom, and they are unpacking in the house the next day. Yeah, and this is when the dad, whose name escapes me, goes Lewis. to his job. Yeah, He's yeah. working in the clinic. Um, And he's talking... Okay, so this is like a university clinic, so you're thinking it's, there's not going to be too much that's happening here. Can I 
say one thing about this movie that is really positive before we move on to the job stuff. What I love about this movie is that they set up that whole house and they unpacked their furniture and they painted the walls and hung up all the frames and it looked like a real house. It did look like a real house. Which is a big change of pace for us as a group where these people just put a poster on top of gray painted walls. It it didn't look like a haunted house and I was really happy about it. It's not like The Conjuring where there's cracks everywhere and ghosts coming out of them. But yeah, so they're unpacking their boxes and then they hear noises in the woods and this is the first clue that they need to get the fuck out of this house. Yeah, I would have moved away immediately. Exactly, because there are creepy kids in masks like playing the drums and like processing through the woods. With with a wheelbarrow full of dead dead dog. dog. I know. Yeah, that that's not something you go investigate further. That's something no. that you walk to your car and you say, okay, I've had enough. And these kids are wearing masks. And not like kid masks, like no. evil masks. Like homemade, out-of-bark animal masks that definitely show that they want to kill you. Yeah, exactly. I hate I No, you don't. You leave immediately. I yeah. don't, and that's why I hated this movie. It's like they were actively trying to die. They make every wrong decision you could make every step of the way. Yeah, and let me say the thing that is fantastic about the book, because you're right, there's so many places where you could say, oh, I would never do that. I'm safe, you know. But in the book, and one thing Stephen King is really good at is getting inside the heads of his characters and explaining. And endings. And endings, yeah. He's and explaining, really good at endings, right, Mikey? You love the endings. <laughs> and explaining their thinking <laughs> and say, now look, he's not known for fantastic endings, but I mean, I think it's a far cry to say out of 70 books, he's known for shitty endings. So let's not shit on Stephen King. He's written 70 books? I've read 10%. Yeah. It, Todd. He's like the L. Ron Hubbard of That's, horror. Yeah. Anyways, um, but so what thing, what's great about this book is he really gets inside the heads of his characters and he explains their thinking. And so it doesn't seem like a crazy thing they're doing. You understand why they're doing all of this stuff. And he takes time to really unpack how they're feeling and what, why they're making these crazy choices. But I, we just don't have time for that in the movie. And it's hard to show thought processes in a movie. I actually you know? followed most of their choices mm-hmm. and, and uh, thought processes in the movie up until the last 15 minutes. What, like I said, I think it goes off the rails and ruins the rest of the movie. Well, and that is the point where it is completely different. I've yeah. heard you talk about this as like, you know, it's dealing with grief of you losing a yeah. lost child and stuff. And I followed all that and mm-hmm. I and I understand the motivations of the neighbor and the motivations yeah. of the dad and I and I really understood that until the until the end and I was just like well, the ending ruins that whole metaphor or the ruins that whole I don't point. think it ruins the whole metaphor. No, it didn't ruin it for me. No, I don't think it does either. I hated it and I thought the ending was stupid, but I understood what the point they were trying to make. Oh yeah, so they're running through yeah. the woods and they're like, okay, let's go back to the house and watch a show because this is creepy as fuck. Well, that's what the mom, Rachel, says yeah, to Ellie, the like, daughter. Yeah. The, the kids with masks have a dead dog in a wheelbarrow. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. what are you doing? So also, they're inside. probably like, get off my property, kids! Get that dead dog off my property! <laughs> so so yeah, so the kids go to bury their dog in the pet cemetery, right? Yeah, and then they go back inside and the mom starts unpacking and she unpacks a picture of oh, Zelda. They went back inside. Yeah, okay. they do go back inside because Ellie's looking at a show and she, she's watching a show and she's you see her like looking at boxes and she sees that her mom's not looking and that's and then she, she goes, goes back out. outside. Okay, I yeah, must have yeah, yeah. she's watching SpongeBob. Mom yeah. opens up her diary, sees the picture of her sister, mm-hmm. zones out for half an hour. <laughs> Let's Ellie wander off. Well, I mean, Ellie knew she wasn't looking and snuck off. But yeah, so Ellie is wandering around in the pet cemetery and she sees She it. goes to climb the, what do they call that in the movie? The deadfall. The, the deadfall. deadfall. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like the barrier. Yeah. Um, it yeah. looks like a big beaver dam. Like, yeah, it's it like does. a bunch of wood intertwined. It's not mm-hmm. like an actual fence or anything. I would need to right. see a map because couldn't they just walk around it? Yeah. 
easily walk around that. Well, for sure. I think the way it's described is the forest is just so dense there that like it's a kind of a natural barrier too. And it's like marking a trail too. Like there was a trail going up there and they built that deadfall there. But yeah, so then she and she starts to climb it and then Judd shows up and says, hey, you get down off of my obstacle. And then she falls down. She gets stung by a bee. And so Judd comes up to help her. And this is different from the book a little oh, bit. Oh, is it? Yeah. In the book, Judd takes them up to the pet cemetery and like explaining everything and like giving them a tour of it. Oh, uh, that makes more sense. Like, hey, you guys might want to know that there's a really creepy pet cemetery in your backyard. Yeah. Well, and he's kind of explaining it like it's it's the pet cemetery part of it is not creepy. This is a way that kids like honored their pets and like it's just a part well, of honestly, life. Honestly, if you bury your pets there, they don't come back. Like that's exactly. like that's a fine like, pet cemetery. There's nothing wrong with that. Right. This movie should not be called Pet Cemetery. What should it's, it be called? Um, how to lose your family in 10 days. <laughs> Um, all right. I mean, it's right, about all that right, time. All right. All yeah. right. It is. It's just everyone like makes the worst decision you can make 100% of the time. Yeah. Every single person, even Gage. And so I always think about <laughs> the two year old. Oh, yeah. Gage. Poor Gage. He didn't gauge that situation. No, well. he did not. Mm-hmm. I always think about that. Like, like I think about it as like a Fargo kind of situation where you make one bad choice and then you just keep following it with more and more and more bad choices to the point where you can't get out. Of oh, it, yeah. You know? I would call this Stephen King's series of unfortunate events. Yes. Oh, yeah. Okay. So then we meet Judd and it's Judd's John great. Lithgow. And Judd, he's so good. I yeah. in everything. Even 30 Rock from the Sun. Mm, God, he was 30 so Rock from the good Sun. Holy that. shit. Oh, yeah, man. it was Jonathan Lithgow. It was Tina Fey. It was uh-huh. great. That show would have been amazing. I would watch that. Oh that yeah, that's awesome. it's so good. Joseph Gordon-Levitt too. Oh, absolutely. It's just it's just Alec Baldwin saying uh, snarky shit to Jonathan Lithgow, <laughs> and then him freaking out on him <laughs> like, like an way alien. Overacting. Yeah, I yeah. loved it. It was so good. Third that Rock of the awesome. Sun, clearly. But John so Lithgow is amazing in everything. He's so good at a wide range of things. He mm-hmm. does comedy so well. He can do serious stuff so well. He was Winston Churchill in he a movie was, yeah. and nailed that. And there's a slight little nod to that or maybe it wasn't but I felt like it was in this movie I thought that was great yeah Oh, He's I know awesome. who Winston Churchill is. What I didn't like is that they uglied him up for this part. Well, I, they olded him up, I think. No, they, they, He's they, pretty old. They yeah. added tobacco stains on his face. Oh, I didn't notice that. Well, yeah. I mean, he's supposed to be like a country hick. I just love Judd so much. <laughs> now, I did want more of him in this movie because he is a bigger part of the book and the original oh, yeah? movie. Yeah, I, I honestly more. wanted more of him and less of everyone else. So he and Lewis in the book like become Lewis really, is the dad, I'm Lewis sorry. Is the dad. Okay. Yeah, they become really close and he's almost like a father figure and he goes and like has beers with them like every night it's like it's, george michaels yeah i can be your father figure Book bury Joe's your dead cat on the hill maybe we shouldn't get into this <laughs> we'll workshop it we'll i like it, it. i like where it's going though Work it out i feel like there's something there someone give me george michael I you just gotta thinking. have faith that your cat's gonna come back from yeah. the dead well you know who didn't have faith was lewis at the beginning of the movie <laughs> yeah. oh he said yeah. hang on when you're talking to your kid about fuck I hated that scene so much are we there yet um, <laughs> I, not I have quite. things to say but I want to wait till we get there because yeah. shit man alright go on okay so Judd finds her and they kind of become friends a little bit he fixes the bee sting um, and so then Rachel comes up and meets Judd and she's like okay strange man why are you talking to my daughter well, in yeah, the I mean, middle that's of a, the that's woods that's a fair assessment of it what's really going is, on and they're yeah. like at still at the pet cemetery and it's an old man and your young daughter right you're yeah. gonna be like um what the fuck is happening right now and although you, he, he's not doing anything wrong. He's, he's helping not. her. And he very right. clearly is like, Mom, I'm, you know, she got a beast. Exactly. And he's very and he's nice like, and yeah. kind. It's not safe to wander around in the woods, which I think is a good thing for the daughter to hear him say, too. Yeah. So then they go back in the house, and this is when I think they start talking about death that night because Ellie's just uh, been to the pet cemetery and she's kind of starting to think yeah. through what death is. And- yeah, because she's like, 
why do pets not live as long as people? That's what, yeah, this, that's they, what starts they, the discussion. Right. They start talking about metabolism. Which I thought was like not a great answer. Yeah, if you're going to talk to your kid about metabolism and not death, there's something wrong with that. And he's very matter of fact about death as it's just part of life. And I don't think. But don't it's think almost like that he and his wife, Lewis and Rachel, have never talked about no. like what they not even what they're going to tell their kids, what they believe happens when you die. And that shit you talk about third date. And they just haven't <laughs> talked about that. No, you're absolutely right. Like, uh, I've been dating my girlfriend <laughs> like nine months and I know how she feels about like what happens when we die. This dude has two kids with his wife and has no idea she's Christian. That's uh, true. Okay. He's been working a lot. <laughs> Apparently. That's why they moved. Yeah. Like what? Yeah. I so, like, what's your favorite color? I know, right? The Hang on a second. What's between... your middle name? <laughs> it's your maiden name, right? Wait, your name's not Zelda? <laughs> Which sister did I marry? What is happening right now? He didn't marry the twisted sister. Oh, <laughs> Shit. Oh, Mikey, I love it. That was great. But yeah, so he's like talking to his wife or he's talking to his kid and his wife is like, and then they go to heaven and look down on you. And he's like, nah, bitch, what yeah. happens is yeah. you die. It's a you dark put, oblivion. You put your body in the ground and you become food for worms. In front of their daughter, too, yeah. who does not know which one to believe and is like, well, first of all, my parents are arguing in front of me about a very heavy topic. Yeah, they, they have a passive aggressive God off. Right, exactly. It's amazing. Yeah, I just say pets love too much to stay around as long as we do. Yeah. Their hearts are too big. Yeah. I really enjoy this book because it's just an examination of death from lots of different angles. And you can see Lewis is very like matter of fact, and Rachel is terrified of death. And part of it is because of her sister and this traumatic experience she's had. You're right. They never talked about anything. When she finally opens up about what happened to her sister, I'm like, you guys haven't talked about this before? I know. I and, know. And after one sentence from me, you're going to do it now? Like, I know you're sad about your sister, Winky Blinky. Yeah, don't so, you think oh, it's he's time like kissing to open up? On up? Her? He's like, I know you're sad about your sister, but wouldn't you be happier if we were a boning? Well, and then he <laughs> says, wouldn't you be happier if you just opened up? And she's clearly oh, really yeah. sad about it. And then she yeah. just immediately tells him. Yeah, they're, the relationship between the husband and the wife, I did not really I mean, it, it, is, it is nice because we get to see them with their kids and like have that family life. Yeah. But we also get to see them have their first few dates. Exactly. <laughs> like, how do you not know some of this stuff? They were it's married amazing. at first sight. I watched that show. Show and yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I think she got knocked up I on think that I season. Saw them. Yeah. I think they were on season three of 90 Day Fiance. She, <laughs> 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 their relationship is just terrible in this movie. Yeah. Okay. So they talk to Ellie about death and then they go back to their room and have their parent conversation. And she's like, What the fuck was that? Why like, did oh, you yeah. say that to our daughter? I wanted to talk to you about that because yeah. uh, we're going to tell our daughter that God doesn't exist and there's nothing when you die. Yeah. And now tell me about your sister. Yeah. Open up for once, <laughs> yeah. why don't you? And right. then she responds to that by okay. opening up. Here's yeah. my sadness. Let's just force that. That'll be great. So we see Zelda, and she's in the bed, and we see uh, baby Rachel. This is a Rachel. flashback. This we is see because Rachel is explaining to her brand new husband that she just met uh, about what happened to her when she was a you kid. You have a sister? <laughs> right. <laughs> that, that may as well have happened at this point in the movie. Right. But yeah, so she's explaining to Lewis mm -hmm. what happened, and it flashes back to her as a girl. Girl bringing food to Zelda, right? Yes, yeah, like on going tray. into the room. Yeah. Zelda is bed bound um, because she's got spinal meningitis. I think is what it is. In the oh, book. is it? But yeah, so and her back is all like bone sticking, and her out. shoulder blades are the same. Like it's yeah. she's just hunched over. She's mm -hmm. like the Hunchback of Notre Dame. Yeah, yeah, but not as lovable, right? And yeah. so Rachel is 
obviously afraid of her because she's really young and that's just a scary thing, you know? Yeah. Um, and so we turn, she starts to turn and uh, we see the side of her face only and then that's it. So oh, okay, okay, okay. he's at the university and so he's this is like, the next scene, yeah. yeah, the next scene. And he's like, okay, here's, you got your bloody nose and this guy needs a band aid. And then everybody's freaking out and carrying this guy in on a stretcher. I thought this is done pretty impressively because Me it's too. a girl that runs in and she's got blood on her, mm-hmm. but she runs in and she looks like she's fine. Yeah. And then she's like, there's blood everywhere. Or whatever. Yeah, the and truck the came next, out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah, that's what it was. And then the, mm-hmm. the next cut is like to them with him on the gurney. I guess Victor Pascal on the yeah. gurney, and he looks fucked up. Oh yeah, like he's he's all badly. messed up. Yeah, mm-hmm. just barely alive, but he, he is like still faced. alive. Yeah. Oh yeah, because mm-hmm. one side of his face is like mm-hmm. gone. Yeah, and one of them's like I can see his brain. Oh, and then they show mm-hmm. us his brain. Yeah. Which, right. by the way, if I'm on a gurney struggling for life, and one of my nurses is like, "It's so sick, you can see his brains." Yeah, I, but I mean, yeah. these are like probably student nurses who like expected no, to. To, it's a real clinic. Well, I know, but like these are also people that are carrying them in from the street. So those people around and like probably student, like if you're a university nursing student, I would imagine you might do an internship at a clinic or maybe be like a candy striper person. Yeah, but they wouldn't let you go in with the trauma. It was a real nurse. Well, but was who like, else is going to go in with the trauma? He also never there. got back to trauma. Like he was in a hallway when he died. Exactly. Yeah. So like, yeah. no, but he, you know, he asked saying. the nurse to go get O positive blood. That's where she went. They also wouldn't right. leave him completely alone with this body. Like right. they would be 12 people people in this room and, the point and they would is, have sent one person to go get blood. Yeah, so they're just not set up. Everybody's freaking out. Lewis is alone. He's trying to do compressions. Well, and because Victor dies. He he does he, die. He, yeah, and he like looks him in the eye and I can't remember if he says anything before he dies, but then he dies. Then he goes over and he's like stressed out and then he turns around and Pascal's sitting up and looking at him. Yeah, that scared the fuck out of me. Yeah, this, this part of the original it. movie scared the shit out of me. I knew it was going to happen because the lights were flickering and I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, some supernatural type shit's going on. But right. I don't know if this is supernatural. I don't know if Lewis is just losing his mind because clearly he's dead. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it is. I think it's supernatural. Um, On what level? And why do you think that? I'm not saying you're wrong, but like there's no indication of that anywhere else in the movie. Yeah, there is. It, there's uh, like 14 indicators of uh, supernatural things going on, but with Pascal. He says the barrier was not meant to be broken. He said, you tried to help me. I'm trying to help you. So he tries to warn him over and over yeah. again. So and he, but, and he tries to warn the rest of the family. Apparently. Yeah, he's a protective spirit. But why? Why? Because the guy he tell tried Lewis really that? hard to like. Sure, sure. But how does he know that Lewis lives on that property and is about to open the barrier? Maybe because he's been to the other side and he know he sees like the said, death waiting. Hello for from the other side. I liked it. Yeah. <laughs> hello. I always sing the Lionel Richie song. <laughs> is it death you're looking for? <laughs> I just didn't understand why he was telling I didn't, Lewis. I didn't understand this. why it happened in that yeah. order. I thought he would do the cat thing first. Then the guy tries to warn him like, hey, you're a good guy. Don't fuck around with this stuff. It's very bad. Right. So wait, does Victor go to heaven and then someone from heaven is like, oh, hey, on your way out, will you just deliver this message? No, that's why he only comes every now and then. He's like taking coffee breaks from heaven and going down there. And be so like, Victor did go to heaven. Yeah. I mean, I would assume so. I think so. If we if we are agreeing that heaven exists. But Ellie went movie. to hell? What the fuck did Ellie do? No, I think it's not Ellie... Ellie, bro. Victor's yeah. a ghost. Ellie is like a body possessed by evil. Okay, so Ellie is in heaven. Yeah. Okay, I'm more comfortable with the movie then. I'm not even joking. Like, I was like, what the fuck did Ellie do that she went to hell? No, no, that's not Ellie. That's just somebody taking her stuff and talking. Like, that just tells Mm -hmm. me. I'm on board for that. You're an evil thing inside the body of whatever that is. I was like, but was she like baby Hitler? Like, why did she go to hell? She's eight. Like, what the fuck did (laughs) she do? No, no. I think, like, the the, the body that you bury in the pet cemetery becomes a vessel now. Right. That makes more sense. I'm more comfortable with that. Okay, so Pascal has warned Lewis, and then Lewis is driving home to 
almost gets hit by a truck. Oh, yeah. This is like the second truck jump scare. Yeah, it's truck shadowing. Oh, it was the worst. <laughs> and so um, he's just sitting outside, and I guess Rachel comes out and is like, are you going to come in tonight? And he's like, yeah, I got to tell you the sad well, story. Well, he was on, I mean, he was on the porch. Like, he was just trying to decompress after oh, the, yeah, I the agree. shitty yeah. day he and had. she didn't even, like, pull his move. She wasn't like, yeah, yeah why don't she, you open up? Why don't you open up <laughs> why don't finally? You open up? No, she does the exact opposite, which is like, don't tell me anything. Go take a shower. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Clean this up. I don't want to hear your death dinner. story. I've been here all day. <laughs> I'm taking a break. I had to take care of your evil possessed daughter. <laughs> <laughs> Tried to murder me like four times. Yeah. He does sort of tell her that she had a, he had a rough day at work and someone yeah. died. And, yeah. And yeah. in the book, this is his very first day at work. Too. Really? Yeah. He's been there Shit. for like 20 minutes. And so that's part of why it's so chaotic in the book, too, is because he doesn't even know these people's names yet. Yeah. Know? Yeah. That's a rough first day at work. I mean, that was a nice thing to do, though. Why couldn't he be like, hear the lotto numbers? Yeah, and he's like, don't eat that Taco Bell on the way home. It's a mistake. <laughs> like, Move your family away. That's what I would have said. Oh, yeah. They should have moved immediately. Like, they, yeah. especially. Because they saw the kids drumming in the fields. Forest. Fuck, this family's so stupid. Yeah. I mean, this family deserves what they get. They just could have built a fence. Just build a fence around your part of the property. You don't have to have access to the woods. This movie does sort of explain why you shouldn't let your domesticated house cats outside. Okay, and that's a plot point in the book. They um, neuter church so that he won't stray. But you shouldn't even let him outside. It's horrible for the ecosystem around your house. Is it really? Oh, yeah. And they get squashed in the road. Well, it's fine. Let me show you this hill. Okay, so now the next time we see Ellie, she's got a little basket and she goes up to Judd's door. Do you think yeah. she actually baked these cookies? Nah. No, so she takes these cookies over to Judd's house because he took it, you know, he did the bee sting. Yeah, and just starts yeah. wandering around his house, like looking in his gun drawer. That is really shitty. Like this, It kind of is. Ellie does not understand boundaries. So yeah, so she breaks <laughs> into his house. He's sort of fine with it because she has cookies. Right. And they become best friends. They do, yeah. And the next thing we see is him having like family family dinner over it. Which I thought was house. super sweet. Like, I you do want to meet your neighbors, and he's sort of a lonely old man, but a, a great dude. Yeah, he Who is Who helps awesome. your daughter out when she was being stupid and climbing a thing and hurt her legs. And so then like, being stupid and breaking into people's houses with yeah. guns around. Yeah. Oh and in God. the book, they get the families get really tight. So then they're talking about how far back the property line goes, and he's like, it's... Further it, back than you'd ever want to go. Exactly. Yeah. Which is right, because that would mean going into the woods at all, which you should never do. No. They should have just sold the logging rights to the woods and cleared it. It Ma goes into that in the book that there there's like a dispute over the property rights of the woods because it's partly it's owned by like an Indian tribe because it's like an they Indian sort of program. touch on that they talk the, about that a little movie. bit yeah like when he's doing his investigating okay so then Lewis has his bad dream and he is laying in bed and he starts hearing noises and he wakes up is it a bad dream it's not really a dream I don't know man so this is what I don't really like about movies like this because he he has this quote in quote dream mm -hmm. where he gets up he goes to the window sees Victor, right? Victor's mm -hmm. reflection turns around, sees Victor walking out the door, follows Victor out the, his bedroom door, mm -hmm. and that bedroom door is a door in the woods. Yeah, and that's not. And quite now how he's it walking in the woods. Yeah, and then he sees some shit. Victor's like, "Don't open the portal or whatever." Mm -hmm. That's the barrier. Don't cross. Yeah, it. don't cross this barrier. Mm -hmm. Listen to me. I have half a face. I know what I'm talking about. Right. And then he <laughs> wakes up. Is this the one where he wakes up to Gage like jumping on him? Yeah, he's like, yeah. And oh, I, it, and that's right. It was so intense and like yeah. I thought something scary was going to happen mm -hmm. and then it cuts to Gage jumping on him and I would have punched that kid. Mm. Like if I was having a scary 
scary dream like that and then something jumped on me. I okay, so I I have been asleep at Natalie's place and Natalie has a bunch of animals. Uh one of her cats, Stormy, just got in my face. I was asleep and he wasn't like being mean or anything, but I went and like yelled and Stormy was like, What the fuck? And like uh-huh. ran away. I was just being a cat. But he, yeah, he wasn't like pawing at me yeah. or anything. His nose touched my nose and I yelled in his face awake. Oh. Yeah, and that's what happens here, and it made me cry. Well, it didn't make me cry, but it made me tear up. I would have punched bit. that baby in mm. the face. But not like because I meant to. Right, but because, just because I, he startled you. Yeah, yeah. it was oh. And you're having a terrifying dream. So and I think yeah. it's meant to be like a sleepwalking thing too, because then he starts to get out of bed and his feet are all muddy. So he decides to okay, he wakes up from the woods dream and then he uh is like, Oh, there's mud on my feet. So he covers his feet back up. What's the end game here? Because when when Rachel, his wife, comes back in, he covers his feet up. Like, is he gonna get up and like they don't have this is their relationship so also terrible. why does it matter? Like she's not gonna be like, Oh, we having a weird dream where you went out into the forest and you were told not to cross a barrier. She's not gonna know any of that shit. No, but he'd be like, I would think I was sleepwalking. Yeah. I've never done that before. You Could know what, you this- imagine if you were sleepwalking and you woke up in the middle of those woods in the middle of the night too like how terrifying that would be that would be so terrifying but anyway he should have just told her and washed the sheets yeah this couple needs a heavy dose of honesty in their relationship (laughs) but so pascal was saying like you tried to help me i want to help you and we do see that like he could have been like holy shit you're all fucked up when pascal came in there but he was like no stay with me i'm gonna help you you're not gonna die and he was really kind to him so i think pascal's he keeps saying you tried to help me so i'm gonna try to help you and he does and yeah we cut to halloween they're about to go trick-or-treating yeah with like this Charlie Browniest ghost costumes ever. Like, and so they're about to get in the car and go trick or treating because do not trick or treat on that busy truck road. And Judd's off in the corner. I was like, "Come here, Lewis. I need to show you something. You gotta come here. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> come here." And they walk down, and, and Church is on the side of the road, and he's been squashed by a truck. Yeah. Um, and they're like, "Don't let don't let Ellie see. Don't let Ellie see." And so, um, Lewis goes off and takes her trick or treating. And um, yeah, but Judd's like, "Come back tonight. We'll take we'll care take of this. care of it. Yeah. It'll be fine." Yeah. In the book, this is different. It happens over Thanksgiving weekend. And Lewis is completely by himself in the house, so he doesn't have to really hide anything from them. And he doesn't tell Rachel. So Rachel doesn't know anything about the cat in the book. And I think it's a little more believable that he would want to do this so that Ellie would never know and nobody would know. And he's just trying to correct the situation before they all come back. Yeah, it's sort of like the goldfish died while everyone was away and he bought a new goldfish. Exactly. Sort of like that. I mean, I realize it's very different because you don't go buy an evil goldfish. Right. But that's sort of what it is. Yeah. Um, But so he does tell Rachel what happened he says church is dead and this is when they do start talking about Zelda and we find out what happened to Zelda (laughs) oh my gosh I just realized what you were doing you just kept like looking around weirdly so Todd's giving a side eye Uh, but also making the little how would would the evil goatfish come back Do you think it would like slather into the Swims house? Swims back out the toilet. Goldfish, why'd you jump back in the toilet? So then what, we find out what happened to Zelda and what happened was Rachel was watching her by herself and um, is too afraid to bring her her food upstairs. So she puts it in the dumbwaiter and she's like, I know it wasn't supposed to because it doesn't always work. And somehow this dumbwaiter not working equals Zelda dying. And I'm not yeah. exactly sure Apparently how Apparently it doesn't happens. work. It sucks disabled people into them. It slams them down. Exactly. It no sense to me how she ended up in the dumbwaiter shaft. I know, all crushed up. Too. I think she did it on purpose. Hot take. You think Zelda did it on purpose? Yeah. I think Link pushed her. <laughs> Nailed it. I think he pushed her in there with a lot of Triforce. <laughs> he Triforced her in? 
nailed it. She gets like dumb waiter sucked into the dumb waiter, and because we hear it, it goes. Rawr. She got dropped like a dumb waiter. <laughs> um, and then we hear like this. It does sound like the motor in the dumb waiter goes out, and then it the, sounds like it gets stuck. And then we hear yeah. the ceiling noises, and she's like slumping across the floor. Zelda's trying to get to the food. Like all those sounds make sense to me. Right. And then she opens her end of the dumb waiter, I guess. And she's like, "Where's my bagel bites?" And then she just <laughs> throws herself down. Mom, where's the snack pack? Uh, and so I guess she has just fallen into this thing or something. But so Maybe she, she tripped. I don't know. Like, this makes no sense to me. It, it kind of doesn't either. And she lands at the bottom of the dumbwaiter and Rachel, we hear like a thump and then Rachel opens the door and we get like a flash of her all like crumpled and like a little like Zelda is thing. absolutely the scariest part of this movie. Yeah, I, I agree. And I wanted more Zelda. Like, I thought she was going to be a much bigger part. I thought she was going to be terrifying in this movie, and I don't think we saw enough of her. I would have liked more. And there's a scene in the trailer where she's crawling across the floor that was not in the movie. Um, So then he goes over and he's talking to Judd, and they are going to go bury him in the pet cemetery. And he's about to start digging in just the regular pet cemetery, and Judd's like, how much do you love your daughter, or you want your daughter to be happy? Let's go this way. And this is one thing that bugged me because it just came out of nowhere. There's like, no way that he could actually climb that. Well, no. Okay. In the book, it talks <laughs> about how like so the force wants you to be able to climb it. So right. like you find the footholds. Um, but it just, it came out of the blue. It didn't seem like it was building to anything. It was like, here's your spot. And then Judd's like, oh, hold on. Let's go that way. You know, it just, there was no build up to it. They're not that upset that the cat's dead first off. And he's like about to bury the cat. And Judd's like, you want to not bury it there? I'd have been like, yeah, let's go hey. this way. Oh, and also the, the Lewis and Rachel have already fought over whether they're going to tell yeah. um, Ellie that the yeah. cat died or not. It's I been resolved. Man, I was told the guy, I'd be like, it's midnight. I've, I had this hole here. Well, I got to get things done. Let's, let's get out of here. Sure. I'm not climbing anything to bury the cat. Right. And then going on a 45 minute hike with someone who's almost a stranger deeper into the woods that he knows better than me. I think I'm no, just too so lazy either. for any of this horror movie stuff to happen to me. Oh, yeah. I definitely am too lazy. I would have been like, you want to yeah. hike three more miles? I'd be like, no. Yeah, this, this is a pet yeah. cemetery. This is you and me, and I was burying my dead cat, and you were like, all right, bury him here. I'd be like, word, I'm going to start digging. The second I start digging, that's where that cat's going. Yeah. And if you were like, hey, bury him a different spot in the same cemetery, I'd be like, no, I'm already working on this hole we're gonna use this one but if you were like hey let's hike for another three miles i'd be like fuck you mikey right bearing this bitch here and we're going back home I'm like i know a really good spot for your cat four miles from here yeah i have to climb over what we have to go through a swamp no yeah. i'm out it makes sense well, in the book you love your daughter <laughs> yeah i mean yeah but like the cat's dead like i got stuff to do man yeah, exactly we can always get a new cat and so they're walking through the woods and this is one of the creepiest parts of the book too and i think they did a good job of it in the movie like i think it was scary when they were it was creepy through. so then they get to the top of the the hill or they whatever get to the steps and they're walking up these stone steps to the top of the hill and it's the micmac burial ground that they get to Really? Mm-hmm, that's so what they, it's they cross through Paddywhack and they get to Micmac? <laughs> Nailed it. And then they give a cat a bone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so they're up at the top and it's got like, you see all these, they're called cairns, which are like kind of tombstones just with rocks stacked on it. And says, okay, here's where you bury your cat. Here you go. Go ahead. You have to do it yourself. I can't help you. Because once you are the one to bury it, that person 
or whatever it is you buried now becomes yours and is tied to you. Okay, but that never comes back. That not once no, comes it back the rest of the movie. Yeah, that never comes back. Which I also, thought was stupid. Like, that could have been cool. I thought the whole thing was that the tribes fled because they didn't want they did. any of this. They did. Once the ground went sour, but the ground had already been sour. Before, I don't know what it was before, but um, th- there was a certain point where the ground started to become sour. And they talk about the Wendigo. So I thought that was going to be the thing. Like the Wendigo Me too. I thought it. we'd see the Wendigo. Like, the second time he walks through the forest with his daughter, mm-hmm. I thought for sure we were going to see antlers in the fog. Yeah. Something that would have made it seem at all scary. Well, we hear the far off crashes in the woods and I think that's yeah. supposed to be like a big animal and in the, or a big monster. Yeah, yeah, the Wendigo. And in the original movie, there's a really big face and it's kind of cheesy. So I think that may be why they tried to stay away from that. They could have used the antlers or something that would have mm-hmm. been like, oh shit, was that antlers? Right. And it could have been really subtle and been very creepy, but they just didn't. Okay, so then he buries Church. But first he asks Judd, what are we doing here? What the fuck? Why'd you make me come all the way up here? But A really, question you should have asked an hour ago. Exactly. And Judd's like, nothing. We're just burying your cat. It's fine. And I think it's in the book, it's like he is kind of overtaken by the spirit of the place and it's kind of operating everything too with this like un spoken force but that doesn't really come across in the movie no it just seems like just, Judd's like I don't really feel like telling you right now finish up let's get right. out of here do this terrible thing that yeah. I know what is going to turn out terribly and then we'll talk about it later I don't know that he did think it was going to turn out terribly uh, he knew that there was a strong possibility that it would have well I mean okay that's fair I, I mean I, the reason I think he doesn't know for sure is because it seemed like at least in the movie the only time he's ever done this was with his dog and his dog already had temper problems yeah so the fact that he continued to have anger issues or whatever wasn't too big of a shock. So he wasn't sure if it was actually it coming back to life that caused it to have those issues or if it was just it, you know, being the same as it always was. But I think if he didn't have those hiccups, he would have used it on other stuff. But so Judd knows that this stuff has happened. And I think that what it's meant to say is that the place is like calling for people and trying to like manipulate the things. So So anyway, they bury the cat, they leave, and then it's the next morning and um, Lewis and Rachel are telling their daughter that the cat ran away. We went out looking for the cat. The cat ran away. And, and Ellie's like, no, I saw it last night. Right, exactly. It was right over there. And we see one of the L's in her letters yeah. is knocked over. And, yeah. then, and then the dad goes to the window, looks out the window. And then the mom's like, no, it ran away. And, and then Elle's like, church is right there. He's being evil in the closet over yeah. there. Yeah. So Lewis creeps <laughs> over to the closet, opens the closet door, and lets Tom Cruise out. And then there's <laughs> the cat right there hissing. Mm-hmm. Like covered right? in blood, too. The cat leaves the closet. But it is it is covered in blood. But it's its own blood because it was hit by the truck. Well, yeah, yeah, but it's like Why death that blood. that better? Like, it's... <laughs> Because <laughs> like, it hasn't killed anybody else yet. I yeah. mean, and so then El- uh, Rachel comes over and they're talking. They're like, "What the fuck is going on with this cat? You told me they were dead." And Lewis is just like, "What's up with this cat?" And everybody else just kind of thinks he's weird, you know, kind of like Ellie. They're on the same page that yeah. Ellie is. Lewis goes to talk to Judd and like, "What the fuck, Judd? What are we doing?" <laughs> he pulls the Taylor Swift and says, "Look what you made me do." Right. Hey, Judd, uh, I just had some questions. Uh, my fucking cat came back alive, and like, <laughs> we should have talked about this. Yeah, you know I did he- not consent to this. I you know tried to told talk. Me? to you about this. I'm not a consenting reader. <laughs> and so he says, it's your cat now. And this is when he what? says... He does. He does yeah, say that like that. But that's the only time he references the if you bury it there, it's yours. Right. That yeah. never comes back. The so I think it's about time for me to introduce the metaphor I got from this movie. Okay. Which is dating, which is the pet cemetery <laughs> is where you put exes down. But if you cross that barrier and you text them in the stone, nothing good happens and they're tethered to you. Some relationships <laughs> are better off dead. 
Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that's quite the metaphor. I never, saw, but I can see they it. They never come back the same after that initial breakup. I like it. <laughs> all right. So um, Ellie is petting Church and trying to comb his hip fur, and his fur is all matted and gross. Um, and she's like, I don't like this cat anymore. He's stinky. And he tries to scratch the shit out of my arm for just caring for him. Well, no, it's because she's, he's got like tangles in his fur. Yeah. And from she's his, trying like, to like get blood. him out, and he gets sick of it. And he's like, he just scratches the shit out of her arm. Yeah. But she's like, yeah. I'm not into but this cat. She's just anymore. taking this cat to the groomers. She doesn't want church around anymore. She has closed the door so he doesn't come back in. And then Ellie doesn't want him back in. Right, right. And so then they are hooking up on the bed and church is just like tearing the shit out of this dead bird on the bed. It's not quite dead. It's on its way to being dead. But yeah. And so they freak out. They go clean up the bird. Doesn't church attack Gabe at some point? It's in the crib and Gage is screaming about it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like on top of Gage in the crib. Yeah. I think that's pretty soon. bloody at all? I don't think so. No, I, I, I couldn't some, tell, uh, but uh, cat scratch fever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so he goes down into the basement. This is where we see Victor again, right? Yeah, Victor. We see Victor. Like, yeah. Yo, your family's about about to die. Yeah. yeah. Try he to tells do this. Him. Don't do this. Hey, spoiler alert for 30 minutes later in this movie, but you're all about to die. Yeah, he says the destruction of everything you love is very close. And yeah. in the book, he says this before he has buried the cat in the pet cemetery. Huh. And so there was still a chance Makes to like sense. turn it around. And I'm not sure why they put it second. Because at this point, I mean, like. I think at that point, you could have just killed the cat and forgot about it. Now, and then it would have been fine. But and Corey and I were talking about this on the way home, because do you think if he had killed the cat, because there's a point where he is going to kill Church and he doesn't and he just drives him off into the woods yeah do you think that it would have all turned around i don't know i think there's you have a lot of options because there's more than one way to skin a cat i do and the cat has nine lives too i do think yes they should have killed the cat and built a fence and or killed the cat burned down the house and moved yeah because at this point we've also like the house is also sort of haunted because Mm -hmm. rachel is seeing like zelda she's yeah she's seeing zelda or Mm -hmm. hearing zelda and the bathroom scene where she opens the medicine cabinet and it's the dumb waiter Mm -hmm. and then zelda is like vanity mirror jump scare Mm -hmm. like that was that fucking messed me up but at that point you just grab all your kids and burn the house down and move back to Boston. There's right. no reason to live there anymore. Like I could not, I could never go back in that house again if that happened. Yeah, I don't understand this movie. At I, this is why I hate movies like this. It's uh, 100% of the people in these movies do the worst thing you could do 100% of the time. Yeah, there are a couple of things in this movie that I'm like, what the fuck? Okay, so he's walking in and it's another one of the sleepwalking scenes and he notices that he's on the road and he almost gets hit by a truck. So more foreshadowing. Truck shadowing. I truck shadowing. Earlier. Yeah. Yes, yes. Pardon me. And so this is when we see the Zelda flashback that you were just talking about, Zelda and the dumbwaiter. Yeah, and the dude, I hated cabin. that scene. So it was super scary. But it's like, you know, this house reminds me of, do you remember my sister Zelda? Yeah. Yeah. He's like, who? This? You had a sister? Yeah. She What's actually your middle died name? in the wall when I was growing up. Did I not tell you this? Yeah. This is why I don't want to live in a house with walls. Let's move to the 13 ghost house. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That's the only logical solution. Exactly. <laughs> she, she's crawling around upstairs. I don't want to go up there. I'm going to sit it up in the elevator. And you're like, all right. So Rachel's like, I don't want to live here anymore. Rachel and Ellie. And Lewis is like, nope, we can still make this work. We can still turn it around. Just like your arm that's all scratched up. It's going to get better. That's right. That's yeah. what he says. Yeah. To Ellie. And then we see some pictures and Gage has drawn a picture of Pascal. He drew the like the stick figure guy with yeah. the blood all over. <laughs> 
celebrity. Yeah. It's because no one else has been watching Gage the whole movie. So I'm glad Pascal's been haunting him. So at least there's some adult Somebody's around. watching him. Yeah. Okay. So then Judd and Lewis are talking about the Wendigo. And we've talked about that a little bit. But Judd's telling him about his dog that he buried up there right. and came back and was all mean. And he, this is when Judd's like, I really shouldn't have taken you up there. I feel bad. I, yeah. this sh- I shouldn't have done this. And yes, Judd, you should not have done that. So Lewis was going to put him down and couldn't make himself do and it. And was trying to. And that's when like, and we see this again with his daughter we later. Do. Mm-hmm. Like when he's about to inject uh, the cat church mm-hmm. that it becomes like poor cute me, little kitty, kitty church. Yeah. Yeah. Please don't oh, kill poor, me. Poor purry me. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. instead of killing him, he just drives him to like a state park or whatever. Yeah, and, says, and just Good luck, buddy. Yeah, and then we see church is not happy I would have buried that. it alive in, in the crate. Alright, cool. But if you bury him in the pet cemetery, it would just come back alive again. No, but before, the actual pet cemetery. Oh, the actual. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that would be a cruel thing to do, but he's also an evil cat. So, and on, the, you know. on the cross, I'd say seven lives left. It would just be nine, <laughs> eight, <laughs> seven. Uh, okay, so then... So then it's the birthday party. Yeah. It's Ellie's birthday party. And it's like, like in April Fool's Day, it's like the saddest birthday party with a bunch of adults, and Ellie's really sad. I don't know. There actually are some kids there, but yeah, you're right. Are. It is yeah. mainly adults. But she's only nine. They invited family. Yeah, and they've just moved. Like, she doesn't know too many people yeah. around, too. Yeah, but she's sad because uh, Church is gone now, and she thinks that Church is mad because she said she didn't want him to come into her room anymore, which made right. me feel sad. And so then they're playing some blind, like, they're blindfold. Sort of like tag, I guess, but like uh, Lewis blindfolds himself. All no, the they're other... playing the game from The Conjuring. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No. He's turning around with the blindfold, and they're clapping from the road. Uh-huh. And... I mean, they're, they're they're just playing tag, really. But I, he's blindfolded. He I is mean, blindfolded. They're playing Conjuring game difficulty times two. <laughs> yeah, because they're outside and they're not clapping. Uh, imagine how many trees you would run into out there. Our trucks. A lot, yeah. Uh. Yeah. Well, and that's what happens. Yeah. So anyway, so they're spinning him around ten times. He's got a blindfold on. He being Lewis. Clap twice. Honk, honk. Both Gage and their daughter Ellie go towards the road. Mm-hmm. Not in the road, but towards the road. Yeah. And then Ellie, and Ellie sees, sees the church. cat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then goes the out into the... Yeah, and those seven other adults disappeared. Yeah, nobody's paying attention. They're just eating cake. Um, and everybody... It's like hide and seek or something. And so Gage is just wandering around because he's a little toddler and nobody's watching him. And he starts to walk up to the road. And the truck's coming. And Lewis sees him and starts running to him and saves him just in time. And then the truck, like, takes a... Like, jackknifes and then takes Ellie out. Yeah. So in the book, Gage dies. Yeah. Oh. Gets so hit wait, by the truck. the two-year-old dies? Mm-hmm. That Ellie would, doesn't die? Ellie doesn't die. I'm so confused. I think that would be better. I think that it is much darker for Gage to die. And that's part of the reason why this movie, the remake was not as effective. For It wasn't as emotionally devastating for me as Wait, the Wait, question. Mm-hmm. Does Gage come back and try and murder everybody? Yes. As a a two-year-old? Two mm-hmm. It becomes child's play? Kind of, yeah. And it's really creepy. Like, I feel like it's, it's pretty well done. Do they have super well strength in the book? Um, no, not really. He they just... don't really have super strength in this. Ella doesn't have super strength in this. Yes, she does. She no, drags she does her not. mom off the, the, she drags her mom up uh, the wall. No, she, we never see that. But it had to happen. I think she's just determined. It's real dumb. I, I this is why <laughs> sort of from here on, I started this up to this point. I was like, this is a pretty decent, scary movie. Mm-hmm. I hated it because I was scared. Yeah. I didn't hate it because it was bad. Mm-hmm. From this point on, it was just a bad movie. 100% agree. They they established this creepy tones. Yeah. They established yeah. all this plot, and they wasted. I 
actually kind of thought it was slow up to this point. I was like, I need some more stuff to happen. I don't hate that they made this change because I think they just did something different. And I kind of like that. And I feel like they did something different and went with it. I like the story of the book better. But also, I didn't want to watch Gage die again. So I'm happy that it wasn't Gage because I think it's easier to watch an eight-year-old die than a two-year-old. I don't think that matters to me. It's super sad either way. It is. Yeah, I don't know. I think there's just so much more um, care and supervision that a two-year-old needs. And they're so it's so much easier to blame yeah, yourself. So go into a road, get hit by a truck. Well, but eight year olds like oh, that would have thousand by percent be their, the parents' fault. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I like mean, it's believable that an eight year old would be wandering away too. But a two year old, you have to be watching. Once they're walking like that and they can't really reason, you have to be right next to them all the time. So I just can't imagine the amount of guilt you would have for that. Oh yeah, yeah. maybe it's not the end of the movie. Like you have to go through the grief of the parents too, and that's even worse than the death. I think it's just sitting with this grief for a full half of the book. And I felt like they fast forward that in the movie. Yeah. It's very short because we go immediately from the scene where Ellie dies Mm -hmm. in the movie and I realize in the book it's Gage but Ellie dies in the movie and then it goes almost directly to the funeral, right? It Mm -hmm. goes directly to the funeral and that's super sad. They bury Ellie Mm -hmm. and then it goes pretty much directly to the mom and Gage going to her parents' house and right. leaving him there. They He is allowed to go. Like, he's invited to go, but he's right. like, I got some stuff I, I want to finish, finish up, up or whatever. Mm-hmm. So it's sort of, not that it, I don't know. What stuff? Why don't anyone talk about anything? I think, I imagine he was, like, going to sell the house or, like, try to put the house on the market or, like, close up. I mean, he might still have to work a couple more it's days, like too. The day of the funeral. It doesn't say. But I got the impression it was, like, a week later. But I don't know, because there is yeah. one scene where they're laying in bed talking. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, that's really all you get. You get the funeral itself. You get them laying in the bed talking that night of the funeral, it mm-hmm. seemed like. And then her boning out to go spend time with her family. Yeah. Which then, I completely get. Oh, like, I do there's too. nothing wrong with that. And he should have gone with her. I got the impression that the reason he didn't go wasn't because he wanted to sell the house or he had to work. He wanted to dig her up. He wanted to take her to the knickknack paddywhack, give the cat a bone hill, and to bring her back, right? Yes. So I don't think he wanted to sell the house or anything like that. He wanted to bring her back. And I think you can see that in the funeral because he's kind of giving Judd the eye. And Judd's knowing, like, I know what you're thinking. Also, Judd's thinking I'm probably caused this death by introducing you to this power. And he straight up says that later on. He does. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, But there is. It's not his fault, but I understand. Oh, it's not. Yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. I am glad that I knew this was going to be different before I walked in because if I had not known, I would have been. I would have cried when he actually saved Gage because that's something he comes so close in the book and then just been so pissed off that they changed everything. So I was able to like mentally prepare myself that it changed. But at this point, so the the wife has gone back to Boston, right? And then Lewis goes to have drinks with Jed. Jed? Is it Jed? Judd. It's Judd. Judd. Sorry. Mm-hmm. I think I may have been switching back and forth the whole pod. Sorry about that. No, okay. But he goes to have Judd. drinks with Judd and he drugs him. Yeah, drugs him. I almost said poison, but it's not poison. He, he roofies him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he roofies him. Yeah, and that doesn't happen happened in the book but so he goes and he digs ellie up and which would have taken a lot longer than it took him in the book yeah if she's six feet under that takes a long time to dig up yeah and there are security guards i imagine and, around. and most of these caskets are in the concrete they are case, well yeah. that's i don't know if they are everywhere i know they are here but it's because the water tables oh, are really? higher here yeah okay so pascal's trying to stop him as he's walking so he's digging her up and he's carrying her through the pet cemetery or he's yeah carrying- and this is where you hear the um scary monster thingy in the woods kind of following along with the dad as he's carrying his daughter up to the knickknack paddywhack hill Mm -hmm. yeah i hope we're not like disrespecting an actual indian tribe 
I'm sure we're fine. We might not be. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you it's y'all's right. fault. I'm not taking credit. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I feel bad for old Pascal because at this point he's like, well, you know what? Fuck all this. I'm going back to heaven because you're not a good listener. And so in the book, he starts trying to help Rachel and we see him. He's he's trying to reach yeah, out that to ha- Gage. That does happen. He, mm-hmm. he travels to Boston. Yeah. And Gage is saying, he's like, time to go to Beantown. Yeah. <laughs> You know how hard it is for a ghost to travel to Boston? Because Lewis doesn't listen to his wife, doesn't listen to his ghost, doesn't listen to anybody. Yeah. So Rachel's trying to call him. She's like, like Gage is really upset. I just want to see you. He keeps saying Pascal. And we see Gage like pointing Pascal, want to go home. And so, and she can't get in touch with Lewis because Lewis is all burying people up in the pet cemetery and comes back down. But once he comes back down, he does get a hold of her or she gets a hold of him. Yeah. And he's like, oh no, I'm totally normal. Yeah, I'm totally fine. Yeah, I'm just fine. really, oh, and, that, and she's like, hey. Why don't you come out here tonight and yeah. just be with us? I need you to be here with I'm me. I'm really upset. Cage needs you here. And he's right. like, hey, I'm really beat. Love yeah. to come hang out, but uh, yeah. want to catch some shut eye. Exactly, yeah. But before he goes to bed, he like lays Ellie's clothes out on her bed. Well, yeah, you know she's coming back. I know. It's just weird. Could you go to sleep after doing that? But oh no. Oh, my God. <laughs> anyway, so he wakes up. He wakes up in the morning to the sound of his daughter coming home. He does. Yeah, he hears noises. He hears noises. He walks around. He finally sees church outside, and then he sees that there's like Ellie footprints walking in, and he's looking all around the house and can't find her. Well, no, he follows the footprints. He just follows he the does. footprints down to the down basement. Down to the basement into the creepy closet and he sees that bunny mask there. Yeah, he moves that little curtain thing, sees mm-hmm. the bunny mask and then she's right behind him. Yeah, and she yeah. seems like she's a little messed up but she seems pretty normal. She's like, hi daddy. Where Is am Ellie- I? Yeah, where am I? Yeah. Because she's not really Ellie and she's not sure what's going on yet. And so he's like, oh, my daughter's back and he's really happy. And I can imagine like he would feel like that. He's like, yes, it worked. She's not crazy trying to murder me and so he goes and he gives her a bath and he starts like brushing her hair and her hair is all matted too uh-huh. and this part she's got staples in her out. head just like Ooh. the metaphor they come back you're happy to see him at first they haven't tried to murder you and you're like i guess in this conversation like the quote-unquote murder you part for this metaphor is when they're like mikey where is this whole thing going <laughs> or actual murder <laughs> Yeah, I do have uh, a friend whose uh, girlfriend stabbed him. Not do you mean ex-girlfriend? I think are they he still w- together? No. Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> no, so it I was, was like a- I was like, are they still together? And so then they're laying in bed, and I guess this is part of your metaphor. <laughs> yeah, this, no, this is, oh, this is the part that it. made the metaphor. He said it in the movie theater. When they're like talking, she's laying in bed. He tucks her in, mm-hmm. and she's like, will you lay down next to me? And he, like the dad's no, no, eyes. No, she goes, will you stay? Oh, yeah. So you stay with me? Mm-hmm. Why don't you stay? <laughs> yeah. And so he lays down, has a tear run down his cheek, and he looks scared to death. And I was like, been there, bro. I yeah. heard you say that. That was so funny. <laughs> oh, I've been there. And it's weird. Like, he clearly feels real uncomfortable, too. Yeah. yeah. He's like, I remember my birthday party. I'm dead now, aren't yeah, I? Yeah, this is the yeah. part where he's like, maybe I shouldn't have texted her slash buried her in a thing that brings them back to life. Yeah. Right, yeah. You're real dumb, Lewis. We've been there, Lewis. And so the difference when, because Ellie is the one that comes back versus Gage, is that Gage, as a two-year-old, can't talk about any of this like there's there's a lot more of ellie realizing what's happening to her and her like making all of these plans whereas with gage she just comes back and tries to kill everybody so anyway they go to sleep or he goes to sleep and wakes up and then ellie's not in the bed anymore and she is she's put her funeral dress back on and she's dancing in the living yeah, room yeah and we hear the nutcracker music and he's walking down and we've seen like throughout the movie that she really likes ballet and she's she takes this is in one scene really yeah, this is like a mirror yeah. of the scene earlier where they watch her we didn't talk yeah. about it but they watch her do 
do ballet and it's yeah. like a bonding scene. And Except, like with my metaphor, you're doing the same stuff you did before, but, but it's, it's evil just and you're not like, the oh same. God, no, why did I do this? Because this is like some rage ballet. Oh yeah, so it's like it's like it was before and then, uh, you know, she starts losing her shit and breaking stuff around your house and her dog starts chewing up your shoes. Like it's, <laughs> you know, the bad shit's going down. <laughs> Except the way that manifests itself in the movie is she's like breaking pictures and knocking stuff off of uh, and he's like, like coffee and tables. Like, Stop it now, come on! Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then she does. But she looks at him real evil and she's like, like I'm going to murder you. Mm-hmm. Why did you call me over here if you didn't want me to do like hang out? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and so Jeff wakes up on his back porch and he goes over and talks to Lewis and he's like, Lewis, what's up? Oh, and Rachel has called him. Yeah, I mean, says, he, he just went inside and Rachel calls him. and was like, yeah. hey, I've been trying to get a hold of Lewis all day. Can you mm-hmm. please go over there and check on him? I'm really and worried that he might have killed himself. Yeah, there's nothing scarier than having to make that call and then waiting mm-hmm. for a call back. Oh. Oh, I know. Which she never gets. No, she doesn't. That's not Judd's fault that she doesn't get. No, it's not. <laughs> yeah. I did like this part because she's at, she's 22 miles outside Derry. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. She's stuck in traffic on the way to I Derry. wanted some cameos. I wanted the collected Stephen <laughs> King uh, universe here. <laughs> but so then Judd walks up and is like, hey, Lewis. And Lewis oh, cracks open the door. Yeah. Is like, hey, everything's totally fine. I'm not weird at all. I didn't do anything yeah. crazy. I definitely didn't drug you. You're just old and fell asleep yeah, on your Your friend floor. comes and checks on you and you're like, there's definitely not an ex in this house. I know. Mm-hmm. Don't Come in. Yeah. <laughs> so he sees that her finger, his fingers are all bloody. And he also says, <laughs> That's a, not in the metaphor. Yeah, don't go there. <laughs> he also says, um, I'm waiting for a call from Rachel, which Judd knows he's lying because he yeah, knows Rachel's Rachel just said, I've been trying to call him all morning. Right. And he looks at him and he's like, Lewis, what did you do? Yeah. There's still time to turn this back. I felt bad for Judd. Because as much as he did really set the whole thing in motion, like he didn't mean any harm. No, he was trying to help. He and was. He knows it's going down though because he immediately runs back to his place and gets his gun. But before before that, he sees Ellie up in the window. Oh, yeah. And she sees that he sees her, too. So now they know they know what they know. And so yeah, she's and like, she goes to grab the scalpel. Mm-hmm. And what's the first thing a controlling ex does? Isolates you from your friend who knows she's bad news. <laughs> Yeah. So he goes and grabs his gun, he and does. then she jumps on the roof? I think it's maybe church that's on the roof, but I, I think, think what it it's supposed to be too. is like the noises that Rachel heard on the roof, like the, the roof noises repeat. And I'm but not it makes more sense why. if it's church. It does, Because yeah. church is actually upstairs, church and she's upstairs. not upstairs. She's not. So Judd goes upstairs, and he's like, I know you're up here, or whatever, mm-hmm. and he, she's not. But the cat is. Yeah. So he checks the upstairs, starts to go downstairs. Well, hold on. But first, they show his foot right next to the bed with his heel exposed. And if you've seen the original movie, there's that famous scene where he scalpels the shit out of his Achilles tendon right next to the bed. And so they show that. And then he kicks the bed out of the way and there's no scalpeling. But he walks downstairs yeah. and that's when he gets his heel scalpel. This is why you shouldn't wear Crocs. Full you stop. <laughs> you shouldn't wear Crocs. <laughs> I had a Croc phase. They are comfortable, but they're ugly. I broke my falling downstairs in college. <laughs> so he gets stabbed in the Achilles tendon. It's severed. He falls down and drops the gun. Yeah. And it's like, I think he sh- t- gets off a couple of shots. I think he gets off one wild. shot, but it's nowhere close to her. Right, it's just right. like a panic shot in the ceiling. And you think mm-hmm. Lewis would have like heard a gunshot? I don't know. I think he was trapped in the sadness psychosis too. Um, but so she's got the bunny mask over her face and then she pulls it up and it's his wife's face. And we've never seen her before, but we know it's not her. And he's talking like, and she's like, oh no, not my Norma. You're not my Norma. Right. And she's like, Norma sucking dicks in hell or something like that. I don't think she said that. <laughs> no, that's what they say in the exorcism. No, this thing. is back of my metaphor. Yeah, Lord, yeah. <laughs> that sounds a lot like Mikey's metaphor. But he does say like Norma's in hell and you'll be there soon too. Yeah. 
I don't no, think she, she said it was your fault Norma died and you didn't care for her enough. And he's like, that's not true. It, it wasn't true. He's got, he's got three good appendages. He could have fought off an, a nine year old. Yeah. Could have kicked her in the chest, grabbed the gun, shot her in the fucking face. End of movie. But everyone makes stupid decisions yeah, in this movie. But she, but she did cut basically his foot halfway off. That's uh, true. No, and I agree. That foot is out of commission. And, he, and he's, he's elderly up here. So. Whatever, man. I could have beat the shit out of this kid. That's what made me think that like, the kid probably had some special demon powers. It something. doesn't. I mean, it. I firmly believe it doesn't have superpowers. It is a demon, so it may be smarter than an average nine-year-old, but it has a nine-year-old's body. No, because it had yeah. to drag the mom's body up the up the the the. the, the we never see the that. Deadfall. We it, don't. But it happened. It happened. Like the mom no, got it, buried. Well, in the book, it talks about <laughs> how if the power wanted you to get over the deadfall, it would help you get there. <laughs> I think, Mikey. I think it's dumb. But I don't think she has superhuman strength because when she's fighting the mom, the mom blocks the door and it takes her 45 minutes to break down that little but right. she door thing. Stabs the, cuts the dad's throat. He's struggling holding her arm back. I don't think that she has superhuman strength. What I think she has is that she is possessed by an entity that doesn't feel fear and pain the way a normal child um, would. So doesn't like back next. off as yeah. quickly. And yeah. I also think like it doesn't really matter. It doesn't take me out. No, because at this point it's off the rails. It's very it quick. It's off the rails. It feels like they ran out of money and they were like, shit, we can only shoot 15 more minutes. We got to wrap this shit up. No, I think what it was was they were like, shit, I want to do something different. Let's just go in a totally different direction and go bonkers. Um, Yeah, I could see arguments for that. So she just stabs the fuck out of Jeff with, stabs the fuck out of Judd with a scalpel. (laughs) He's like, wait, you were looking for Jeff this whole time. That's not me. No, she's, he's getting stabbed. She's like, he's like, y'all shouldn't have got back together. <laughs> and then Lewis just like wakes up. He's like, oh, where's my dead daughter? Dude. I think they're bad parents. But at this point, this is when his wife gets home. Yeah, oh, they're she gets definitely home. bad parents. Well, he's definitely a bad parent. Like you didn't babysit your daughter, nine year old daughter first, and you're not going to babysit the zombie version of your daughter yeah. either. Mistakes were made, Mike. Well, okay. So Rachel and Gage get home, and this is where I do think that Rachel made a big mistake. And so Rachel coming, coming home. No, hold on. We'll get okay. to it. So Rachel and Gage are there and they're hugging Lewis. And then Ellie starts walking over and she's and like, Lewis is trying, just trying to play it cool. Exactly. Like hug your daughter. This is her new life now. And Rachel, like, I think she's really trying to, and she's like, there's part of her that's like, Oh, my daughter is alive. But also the bigger part of her is like horrified. Like this isn't my daughter. Um, and yeah, she, she can tell right away. It's not right. And she doesn't want to hug her. She bones out. Nah. She goes up to her room uh-huh. and locks the door. I know. And that's the fatal mistake that she makes. Yeah. Because your dead daughter's fucking come back to life. Your stuff is already at your parents' house. You have a place to stay. All of those details are already worked out. Get the fuck Even out of you the house. Even if you have a pact, if you see your daughter who is dead back yeah. to life and, and your husband is obviously not well. Right. There are no barriers that would tell you stay in this house. No. Yeah. So he takes him back upstairs and puts her down in the crib. I start to just really fear for Gage at this point. Um, well, he's the last one to die. And Ellie is saying, see, she doesn't want me here. And like, I'll take care of her. Oh, yeah. She's like, no, she's I, don't like, I don't want her here either. Oh, yeah, yeah, either. yeah. And so then Rachel's upstairs sitting on the bed and she starts to hear Zelda noises. And then she wakes up and she's having kind of a, a hallucination where she is Zelda and she's in the bed and she's all like her back is all crumpling up. And then we hear the dumbwaiter and Zelda starts to come out yeah. to get her. 
And she's under the covers and she says that you'll never get out of bed again, which is from the book and the first movie. And Zelda has some very effective jump scares. I'm not saying that. Zelda but the does. creepiest part is when it's actually Rachel who's seeing herself as Zelda. That's really fucking creepy. And I, and right. I thought the movie was telegraphing like, okay, the daughter's going to become Zelda and crawl across the floor at her and then she's going to be paralyzed in fear. Nope. Yeah. yeah. None of that happens. Yeah. Um, that would have been creepy as shit though. All right. So then Rachel is like, okay, finally, like she snaps out of the dream, but then Ellie is right next to her and jumping on her with a giant butcher knife trying to stab her because Lewis has gone to find Judd. And so Lewis is out of the house. And I think Lewis finds, this is kind of happening simultaneously, yeah. but Lewis finds Judd all stabbed up and Ellie is trying to attack Rachel and like gets her in the hand. He like, she like slashes Rachel's hand. Right. Yeah, and then Rachel, yeah. because she's fighting a nine-year-old, throws her nine-year-old across the room mm-hmm. and then gets Gage and runs into it sort it's of like, like the a laundry stab room stomach or something one time, like that. Yeah, it gets her in the side. Yeah, yeah, sorry, mm-hmm. sorry. She does get sliced or stabbed in the side, and then she runs to what looks like a maybe another bedroom, yeah, maybe like a laundry room or something like that, and then she barricades the door with like a table and right. whatever. Yeah, and so she's trying to trying to figure out how to get out, and she breaks the window with a chair. Lewis runs up finally, and so she drops Gage, but she's just hanging Gage out the window. And like, so yeah, then he like, drops yeah, Gage is. out the window, even or into Lewis's arm. Thank God. And then Lewis car. throws Gage in the car. Yeah, and says, and says don't open the door. Here. We'll be back shortly to murder you. Here's the keys. Get out of here, Gage. <laughs> don't open the door for anybody. I know you're two and you don't understand I what I'm saying. I wish he just put him on his yeah. big wheel and was like, pedal fast. <laughs> Pedaling, don't look back. <laughs> right after she drops Gage, she gets stabbed from behind in yeah, the back. Yeah, her daughter yeah. stabs her in the back. And mm-hmm. twists the knife. Ugh. Yeah, and like just having that creepy <laughs> smile the whole time. Yeah. And so they're sitting down next to each other and and she's like still got the knife in her side and is just kind of like stabbing her a little bit. And she's like, it's your fault. I died. You weren't watching me. You're a terrible. True. Mom. All true. Yeah. She's like, I'm not your mom. You're not my kid. And I like that. She yeah. said that. She's she was like, like you no, demon. I you didn't do me. this. Yeah. And so don't call me mommy. Yeah. You you're my daughter is dead. I like this scene. I did too. And what I think is interesting about this is because she's the one that's been so afraid of death and had the biggest problems with death, but she's the one who's able to accept it when it actually happens. And yeah. Lewis, who seems okay with death until he's actually faced with it is the one who can't handle it and fucks everything up trying to take it back. Because he's real stupid. Yeah, so she just takes the knife out and stabs her again. Is like, well, you'll see your daughter in hell real well, soon. Some people are better with breakups than other people. How does Lewis get up there? He does just, he just run in the door and then kick her yeah, out? Yeah, he runs up there and finds her and then she's like, don't bury me up there, don't bury me yeah, up there. Yeah, but what happens to his daughter at this point? Ellie she knocks him knocks out. knocks him out with a thing. And then oh, drags right. the mom up into the pet cemetery. Anyway, Lewis goes Lewis into pet up. cemetery. Yeah. yeah. And starts to have a conversation with his psycho daughter. Mm-hmm. Psycho daughter! I guess, guess say. Yeah, and then um, uh, 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 she attacks him with a knife, stabs uh, uh, him in the back, or in the, no, it's in the shoulder. They're fighting, yeah, yeah. stabs him in the shoulder. The, she's her. trying to cut mm-hmm. his throat, and he starts strangling her. And this, like, I just imagine, like, even though you know she's your evil daughter, she still looks like your daughter, and there's a point where she turns back into her sweet daughter face. Well, that's when he gets the shovel, and he's and about he's to, a, like, cut her head off with the shovel. Right, yeah, but he's about to do it anyways, and then, oh, uh, he gets stabbed from behind. Stabbed in the back by his wife. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Impaled. And somebody in the theater, like a couple of people were like, <gasps> because I don't, I kind of was thinking something's going to happen because you keep seeing the shot where you can I see was behind very him. Surprised. I thought, I thought he was going to kill her in the cemetery. Really? 
Really? Mm-hmm. And that's what happens in the book. I know. Um, I he knew kills that, Gage again. It's real sad. I knew that they were going to have to account for the mom because why else would she be dragging the mom into the cemetery if right. not to do that? So I knew the mom was going to be a thing. Mm-hmm. I, I thought that he would just have to kill both of them. Oh. I didn't realize that this movie would end with the bad guy winning. Yeah, I thought well, I thought yeah. either he was going to die killing them and then they would all be dead except Gage. Right. Or he lives and goes and stays with Gage. Yeah. And then pins it all on the mom. So what happens is that like mom- a good husband. <laughs> State Farm is there. <laughs> so the mom kills the dad and pales him from the back with like a cross from one of the gravestones and they both drag him back up. I mean, then, we don't really see that. The next thing we see we is just that all three of them walking back to the car mm. and then they kill Gage and that's the movie. Yeah. And that's as much as I want to talk about that because that really upsets well, me. Well, I mean, in truth, we don't see them kill Gage. We don't. But it, that is from the very beginning, we see the house on fire and they have just set Judd's house on fire mm-hmm. and you see the dad carrying a gas can walking back to the car and we know from the beginning that the car door was open there was blood on the car door and Gage was in the car. So they yeah. killed Gage. We just don't see them kill Gage. I'm yeah. going to pretend that they don't. But also, this is right, like cool, the world's slowest zombie outbreak because the yeah. zombies have to drag them back over 50 acres of woods. <laughs> okay, so that's the movie. It is the movie. Okay, so the way the book ends. Yes, please. Because I, I, I hated how this movie ended. Yeah, it, I hated it, it too. Ruined I thought it was real bad. Me. It ruined the whole movie for me. So the way the book ends is, so he's killed Judd, and Lewis realizes that Gage is- When you say he's killed Judd, Gage you mean Gage killed, killed Judd. Judd? Okay. Yeah. Sorry, I don't know. I haven't read the book. Well, and because he's sure, like he, Achilles tendons him, and then he falls down and he slits his throat with I mean, that sort scalpel. of makes sense. Yeah, I mean, that's does, what happens yeah. in the movie. And so um, in the book- Rachel has come back, but left Ellie with her parents. So it's just Rachel that comes back. Gage kills Rachel. And then Lewis kills Gage because he realizes that this isn't working. And so he like the syringe that (laughs) he was going to do with the cat, he kills Gage. But then he realizes that Rachel has died and he is like, oh, it's going to be different this time because it happened so soon after you died. And he convinces himself that it's going to be different. So he buries Rachel in the pet cemetery What? and he's just sitting in his kitchen. And the very last thing is her coming back in. Oh man. I hated the movie, but that's not a surprise because I hate all the movies. Uh, I thought it was an effectively scary movie up until it went off the rails for me. And then Mm -hmm. I was just like, Oh, I I want all of these people to die because they're making the worst decisions you could possibly make. And then they all die. And I'm like, Oh cool. Now we're going to end the movie with a two year old getting murdered by his parents. So cool. That's great. This is, this is fun. Let's go record an episode on this super hell of a down note. Oh, Anyway, I hated the movie. Mikey, back to me. I think uh, <laughs> I also did not like the movie. Uh, I, I It worked for me up until... Yeah, I mean, I think it was scary. I do think it, yeah. I think it had a really creepy vibe, and I I liked it, and then it kind of went off the rails. Yeah. I did not like the ending, because to me, one of the things I love about horror is that, you know, I feel like it. there are good metaphors, because it, there's like a good quote, like, you know, monsters exist, and horror's point is not that monsters can get you, but that, that you can defeat your monsters or whatever, and you can defeat the horrors. And I don't like it when like the whole family just comes back to kill the two-year-old and it just to me it just seemed like well what was the point of all this no one learned any lessons they're both, right they're all still bad parents it's so dumb <laughs> jen final thoughts i i kind of liked it surprisingly because it, it's so different from the book and i you know when i found out it was this different i thought i was gonna hate it i was really pissed off when i found out in the trailer that they killed ellie instead of gage although partly glad because i didn't have to watch gage die but i it was I mean, the tone 
I like it. I don't love it. The book is amazing. And yeah, kind of what I was saying, like it fit the tone. I do like that they went for it. I kind of like that it went off the rails at the end because it was so faithful to the book for a long time that I felt like it was slow and I kept wanting something more to happen or for it to speed up a little Mm -hmm. bit. And I feel like I enjoy it in the book because I get so much more backstory and so much more in the heads, but I just wanted it to speed up. So when it went off the rails, I was like, okay, yeah, we're finally getting to some like shit happening, you know? All right. There's no box office that just came out like tonight. I will say it was not as full as I thought it was going to be. No, this movie's not going to do well. I don't think it's going to do well. Yeah, this is not going to do well Everybody coming out of South by Southwest was freaking out about this movie too, though. Like it almost got more buzz than us did from South by Southwest. See, I didn't feel like there was a lot of buzz going into this. I thought, well, after South by Southwest it was, but then it kind of slowed down a little bit. But yeah, I don't know. I'll be interested to see how it does. Let's do some Jen fun facts though. Jen fun facts. Um, Okay, so um, depending on how much money it makes, they're talking about making a prequel to it. Part of me wants one and part of me doesn't. Like, I love this story enough that I kind of just want them to leave it alone. I just want a prequel about the bull. I mean, <laughs> I'd watch the bull like, prequel I love for that sure. Bull. Yeah. I know. I, I can't can put him that. down, but he's yeah, murdering half the town. Farmer loved the bull that he has to bury the bull up. Oh, you know, he was fucking that bull. <laughs> no, man, gross. that bull was like. Like Babe from the movie Babe. <laughs> That'll do, Bull. I won't let you die. Yeah. And then like he goes and kills like 40 townspeople. He's like, it's like set in like 1915. Well, and I've heard that it's going to be like a miniseries or something, but I don't know if it's actually going to happen. I just think he was talking about it. I don't really want a prequel. I wasn't thrilled when I found out this was going to be remade, but I thought they did a pretty good job with it. So who knows? So I have an uplifting fun fact. So there were five cat actors yes, that there played were. church in this movie and they were all rescues. And only four of them actually ended up in the movie because one was scared when he got on set. So he had to drop out of the production. Um, that would be me. <laughs> exactly. Uh, that cat. I think that cat was named Todd. He was like, nah, fuck this. I'm out. I don't even like scary movies. Yeah. I get food whether I'm in this movie or not. So I'm out. <laughs> so on production, because they had to train these cats for two months and do 10. That seems pretty quick. I'm just, I mean. Right. For cat training. And yeah. Because cats weeks are of- known for being sort of obstinate not like right, mean like, but like what well, i'm not doing cats this. do what they want yeah. yeah yeah well so they had two months of training and 10 weeks of shooting and they built what they called a little catio which was like a little cat patio for the cats to play around yeah, yeah, yeah. with um, they're the best man yeah well and my last fun fact is all of the cats found homes after the production yeah that's awesome. my uplifting fun fact to bring Yay. us all out of this um really deep dark well we went down in <laughs> so I'll say this. I sort of cheaped out on box office because there really isn't any information on how much it made, but it did cost $21 million to make. Oh, yeah. I'm I sure I'll make that back. And I think that there are a lot of people that will really like this movie because I do think it's an effective, scary movie, whether you like the story or not. To that end, let's do Scary Scale. Scary Scale. Yeah. Okay. Hey, listeners. Our Scary Scale is how we rank how scared we were by the movie. It's not a ranking of the quality of the movie. It's a ranking of how scared we were when we watched it. Our one example is Ghost Busters. Our 10 example is Texas Chainsaw Massacre. All right, Todd, what you got? I'm going to give it a five. Okay. And it was very effectively scary. There are some jump scares that really, really fucked me up. Mm -hmm. And then there's some general creepy moments. But once it goes off the rails, I was fine. Yeah. It really wasn't that scary. Once it went completely off the rails, which for me, I say it was when she died, but it was really like right after Judd dies. Yeah. Is when it was off the rails and I just wasn't scared anymore. Mm -hmm. But up until that point, 
scared. Same Mike, for me. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go five. So five? Okay. Yeah. Uh, and I, uh, similar points, I thought the Zelda scenes were super scary. Yeah, man. Mm-hmm. Zelda was a counterpoint to your hot take, Jen. I was glad there was not much Zelda in there. Right. And sometimes I think showing less is better. So maybe they did have a cut where they showed a lot more of that and it just wasn't like it's almost like pulling back the curtain and you see too much. Sure. And it takes you out. So I don't know. But I, I was expecting a lot more Zelda. Sort of like the Jaws theory. You don't really see Jaws at all. Although exactly. I've never seen Jaws, but I, I, no, I've we'll heard people it. talk about that. Yeah. Sure yeah. But yeah, it's like what you imagine is worse right. than what you actually yeah, yeah, see. Yeah, and, I, and I thought yeah. the Judd scene was scary. Mm-hmm. And like, you the, mean when he's getting killed? Yeah, I thought, that, I thought that worked. And then, but and then after that, when it goes off the rails, yeah, I just off wasn't the rails invested, and I, I didn't think it was as scary because I thought it was just not working. Yeah, but I do think the effects were done well. I think it all looks really good. I just think that there are some things that oh yeah, Wells Dead Eye was creepy. That yeah, I kept looking at that. And I was like, I wonder how they're doing that. I wonder if they put some kind of like paralyzing agent on her eyelid or something. I don't know. I think I'm going to give it a seven, and I probably would give it a five with you. You guys, if, if you didn't I, have kids, exactly. Yeah, I yeah, knew, yeah. Honestly, I thought this movie would be much harder for you. I was talking I to Mikey too. before you got to the theater. I was like, mm. "There's no way Jen's not crying during the episode and in the movie." <laughs> I know, dude. Yeah, I I teared up a little bit and at a couple of points. One when they were hanging Gage out, and like as we've been talking through it, and I've realized like what that beginning scene means, and just every time we talk about Gage, it's just so hard not to see my own child there. Yeah, I mean, and she is full straight on Michael Jackson blanket. Oh, over I the, know. And there's a point yeah. where, like, he almost slips out of her hands. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, it just. She, she, it, it was, she was only one story up. She should have just cradled him in her arms and jumped to the, to the side. That it probably would have worked. But it makes me, like, talking about that just makes me glad that I do not have, I'm not faced with that choice. Because it just, I don't know what I would do. And it just scares the shit out of me. But, yeah, so that's where those two extra points came. Because otherwise I probably would oh, have it. been I it about it for you. Yeah, yeah. and I'm honestly, I'm surprised it wasn't as rough. Because I listened to the Stephen King cast episode and cried in that. Um, I will say this. The metaphor for me of going through the grief of losing a uh, sibling and or child mm-hmm. sort of makes sense to me that it does kill the entire family mm-hmm. just because a, a lot of people who lose a child, not so much that they'll kill themselves, although that has happened at a much higher rate, they it's, divorce, it, but it's not like at higher rates. Yeah. So mm-hmm. divorce and also like it, it affects everyone different ways yeah. and, and your family is never the same if that mm-hmm. happens. And it's like if death does not occur in the natural order, meaning your parents go before you and whatever, mm-hmm. then it does really fuck with the family. So mm-hmm. I'm, I've seen that in my family and I've seen it in like a lot of the families that lose siblings or you know a parent loses a child it just it just fucks them up so like I understood that metaphor I'm not sure if that's what they were going for but that's what I saw in the end sense but I, I makes, don't want to see I just like and I get that's what happens but like but I feel I, like I'm genning the movie by projecting that right. on there I think you sense. are well yeah. partly but because it, what I think the book is is Stephen King who has young children when he's writing this like exploring death and like what it means to create a family and and then send these children into the world where anything could happen to them. Yeah. And then in my metaphor, you know, getting back with a bad ex ruins your whole life. Well, you until you kill her. <laughs> dump her. Dump her. <laughs> That's right. Sorry. Sorry. Dump her. Sorry. Don't yeah. block her number. Sometimes <laughs> that is better. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And that's the movie. So Woo. this week you guys made me watch... Pet we made, and yeah, you know what? We made it through. I was really dreading this one. Yeah. So but. what are you guys making me watch next week? <laughs> We're watching The Grudge next week. <laughs> so this is Sarah Michelle Gellar, right? It is Sarah Michelle Gellar. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> I hate that sound. Uh, I picked this because it's real scary and I think it's going to really scare you. I think it's Todd scary too. Yeah. A lot of jump scares? Fuck. Kind I of. I've learned so you're much. scary 
And, yeah. Uh, I went for it. And the listeners uh, have too. And we've got a listener request coming up yeah, along these that. lines too. You guys are jerks. Love you, mean it. <laughs> oh. All right. So everyone watch The Grudge before next week. We are a member of the Modern Horrors Podcast Network. So guys, check them yes, out. Are. And if you're listening to us in their feed on Wednesday, switch over to our feed. You'll get us two days earlier on Mondays. Yeah. But you can also listen to the Modern Horrors Podcast, Final Girls Podcast, and Death, Dying, and Other Things Podcast in their feed. And check out their website too, because I think I have a blog that might be coming out on there too. And they've Sweet. got lots of writing too. Yeah. And their website's Modern horrors.com our is. website mm-hmm. is horrorvirgin.com our socials are at horrorvirgin if you want to follow jen it's at jen Ferratu on instagram and twitter and m randolph 24 if you want to follow mikey and i am at todd j awesome join the facebook group we have a awesome facebook group that's growing every day man i really yeah. love it i, I do, do i do too you talking like pretty much facebook all day. again which i never thought i would do. i know yeah, but that's just like the really the only thing I use Facebook for. Yeah, I don't post on Facebook anymore. I don't it's either. just in the group. But we're really. talking a lot in the group. Yeah. Like we say we don't use Facebook, but I mean we're like doing. We're that's what I mean. Yeah, I don't use it to like post to my friends and family. I just talk to the group. Right. Yeah. It's, it's fun. Great. Oh, guys, if you want to help support us uh, through Patreon, please do it. patreoncom horrorvirgin. We appreciate all you guys doing that. That's definitely doing extra. We just we appreciate you guys who support the show by listening to it and just talking to your friends, family, yes. and coworkers about it. That is an awesome way. So to thank support you. For that yeah absolutely but thank you also to all of our awesome patrons and if you're interested in that there's lots of great content at all the levels yeah absolutely yeah so like thanks. we just did an interview with leslie vernon and exactly be, and well, everyone on patreon can hear that yeah everyone on patreon gets to vote on our listener requests too yeah, yeah. working on maybe some possible new content for it too yeah, and if you have yeah. any suggestions for new content yeah absolutely we're always open to new suggestions for the patreon all right so that's gonna be it for us guys thank you so much for going down this deep dark hole with us um i'm jen I'm Mikey. And I'm your horror version, Todd, guys. We'll see you next week. Uh, 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 Have a great week. Bye. Stephen Kingner.